Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Ike. March Madness, Final Fours this weekend, and the two teams we told you to put a wager on are still in it. You picked Baylor. I picked Gonzaga. They're both in the Final Four, so we did our listeners a service because you have about a 50% chance of winning if they would have taken either of our wagers at the start of the tournament, and Bet Online is the place to be able to wager on anything related to March Madness. No question. The Final Four, you got Gonzaga, which is your team, and we got Baylor, which is my team, and like you just said, you got a 50 percent chance on getting some cheese, so you might as well go to Bet Online and get some more cheese for this Final Four. Either you got Gazaga or Mark, or you got Baylor or Ike. Pretty great insight there. Head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, I am thrilled that it's Friday. It has been a week. How are you doing today? For the same way. It's been a week. So we're both on the same page. I know we've been trying to get things done together for a couple of days. We finally get a couple of minutes to sit down and chop it up. So let's get this uh, podcast going. On today's show, we discuss the NFL's expansion to a 17-game regular season, and we will also discuss Ike's top five wide receivers in the 2021 NFL Draft. But first, Ike, we're going to do a deep dive this morning on the Steelers quarterback situation. It really, my juices got flowing when I saw the 49ers traded to get the number three overall pick and they made that trade with the Dolphins moving up in the draft. I think this really spells the end of Jimmy G in San Francisco, a quarterback who not only took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, was really one missed deep pass away from winning a Super Bowl two years ago. And now he's under contract through 2022. He'll become an unrestricted free agent in 2023. But I was looking at what the Steelers are going to do because Big Ben's under contract for one more year, along with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. I'm looking at the 2022 free agent quarterback class, and we've discussed this many times here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. It is absolutely vital for the Steelers to target a quarterback that they like to develop either in this year's draft or next year's draft because it is slim pickings when you're looking at the free agent market. I'm thinking this year. But we already know how I felt about the quarterback situation with Pittsburgh. But uh, they decided to bring Big Ben back. So now I just got to rock with him. That's just how it is. They feel like he gives them the best opportunity to put them in a, a playoff or, or contend for a Super Bowl situation. So I just got to rock with the man. Now, when it comes down to that quarterback situation, I feel like, man, you got a quarterback sitting behind Big Ben that you possibly can give a chance to. And the best thing – for the Pittsburgh Steelers is competition at that quarterback position. So you got Mason Rudolph, who's been there for a while, and you got Dwayne Haskins, who's a first-round draft talent, who just left Washington. So hopefully he can mature and get his mind right on making better decisions off the field, which I think he which I think he can. But I don't think you need to go on a draft, though. Now that we're talking about it, I think you got the two, and these two are young enough so they can compete for this quarterback position, because you got to look at Mason Rudolph's situation. If Mason Rudolph don't win this situation, man, he's on the market as a backup quarterback probably for the rest of his life. If you look at a Dwayne Haskins situation, he's probably on the the market next year or the year after as a backup quarterback for the rest of his life. So that's how I look at it, man. That's when I see these two, I'm looking at competition on who really wants to start. And if Big Ben isn't there next year, after this 2021 season, there go your competition right there. So you can wind up drafting a quarterback next year instead of this year 
but I would rather draft one next year because I'm looking at the two quarterbacks in the situation, the two young quarterbacks between Dwayne Haskins and Mason, Mason Rudolph. I'm looking at their situation like it's feast or famine between these two. One of the two going to have to start. So if one start, he gets to restart his career. If the other one don't start, people look at him as a backup. And if you draft a quarterback this year in the 2021 draft, who's the odd man out? You're not going to get rid of Ben Roethlisberger. You're probably not going to carry four quarterbacks on your roster. So whether that would be Rudolph or Haskins, they've just brought Haskins in. I think that would probably spell the end of Mason Rudolph in a Steelers uniform if they were to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. It's also dependent on which round. If it were, say, a really late round pick, sixth or seventh round, then maybe the rookie is on the on the chopping block of who the third stringer is. But again, I'm just looking and I'm just going to read you some names and I don't mean to like single out any individual player, but you have Roethlisberger, Hill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton. We'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield's fifth year option. The same could be said about Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Nick Foles, Sam Darnold, Terod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Jacoby Brissett, Josh Rosen, Joe Flacco, Marcus Mariota. Like none of these guys stick out where I'm sitting here and saying, Yep, that's a tangible upgrade over Big Ben in 2022. And so the Steelers have to find someone probably through the draft and develop a rookie or young quarterback either this year or next because Roethlisberger's probably not going to be on the roster in 2022. So what is your option at the quarterback position? And again, looking at free agency, None of those guys stick out to me like the Ryan Tannehill situation of what he did in Tennessee to me is the exception to the rule, not the rule. And I know teams are always trying to find that quarterback that they said, you know, didn't get a fair shake the first time around. Maybe that's what the Steelers can do with Dwayne Haskins, but they've got to be able to find someone just because I'm looking at next year's free agent class and there's not a single blue chip quarterback who sticks out to me that can play at say an alt pro level and take this team in a deep playoff push, let alone winning a Super Bowl. So that's just how I see that. The only way we're going to really get to see is at least giving them an opportunity. And I saw what Mason Rudolph did against the Cleveland Browns with barely none of the Pittsburgh still starting and they barely came out with a loss. So the Cleveland Browns had to win that game to make it to the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. Um, so, you know, they, they, they mindset was different. They had to, they had to fight to win that game. The Pittsburgh Steelers only played a few starters for that game. And Mason Rudolph did a, a damn good job in my mind on having a shot to win that game. So that's how I look at it. So I was looking at Mason's situation, man, if he would have had his, his complete defense on the field the whole time, a, a two or a, a Joe Hayden or, a hurt Devin Bush, uh, Bud Dupree. Like if you if he would have been at full strength on defense, ain't no telling how many turnovers they would have got against the Cleveland Browns. Then look on the offensive side, you get two of your starting, you get Pouncey who just retired. He wasn't playing. You get the Castro, he wasn't playing. So I'm like, God, do you do you take James Conner out? He wasn't playing. I'm like, golly, if you give this man a full a full roster, ain't no telling what the story would have been for Cleveland with the healthy. Pittsburgh still the offense and defense, but to go into Cleveland and handle your business, I saw the progression, and that's and that's what I, that's what I was looking at from from the time he was starting when Ben got hurt to the time now I saw him progress as a quarterback. So that's the part I was looking at. So the only way he's going to get better is by playing. The only way he's going to help himself in the team is to get reps after reps after reps after reps. That's why I do like this quarterback competition right now between him and Dwayne Haskins moving forward for next year, Mark. Yeah, the one-game sample size was going to be my counter, Ike, but you right. kind of stole my thunder in saying we need to see more reps from him because we saw what he could do the season before, and it was serviceable. I mean, Duck Hodges ended up taking over to try to provide that spark for what was a pretty dismal Steelers offense during the 2019 season where the team didn't score more than 27 points in a single game during that 2019 season. But 
what did Mason Rudolph have to work around him? Still a lot of young players on the roster at that standpoint. In 2020, sure. when Big Ben comes back, they had developed at that point in gelled more. You put you bring in a veteran quarterback, and at least for those first 11 games, things looked pretty good for the Steelers. But that's kind of my pushback would be, well, we've seen what Rudolph could do in the 2019 season. Hopefully he can continue that progression I just, in my heart of hearts, I, I don't think that the Steelers have the quarterback of the future on the current roster. Could that change? Maybe. But like you said, you need more reps to be able to do that. And that kind of leads as a great transition to our next subject topic too, Ike. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is also brought to you by the folks over at Sunday Scaries. And Ike, Sunday Scaries is a great product for people who might struggle going to sleep. They've got a lot of anxiety, a lot of thoughts running through their mind, what all they still need to get done. But Sunday Scaries is a product that can help relieve that anxiety and can help you decompress and really can help you get some rest. So Sunday Scaries, a new sponsor of the Believe in Steelers podcast. The good thing about these Sunday Scaries is it ain't got to be Sunday for you to take them. So if you just look at the concept or these Sunday scaries, Sunday, when you think of Sunday, you think of a relaxing day. You think of a chill, a wind down kind of day. But you can take these Sunday scaries Monday, Monday through Monday if you want to. So uh, go to sundayscaries.com and make sure y'all check them out, man. If you just need some relaxation, you want to clear your mind or you really trying to go to sleep and not have nobody bother you, Get some Sunday scaries, please. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If this product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday scaries is the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. We have a 25% discount to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use the promo code Ike. That's I-K-E for your discount. That's promo code Ike for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. Again, really happy to have them on as a sponsor. The 17-game regular season, you're taking away one preseason game now. You're going from four preseason games into three preseason games. I thought about this, and at first I said, do the owners, do the owners really care about these players? Because I thought 16 games was enough. Four preseason games was just perfect on seeing the development of, of guys. Now, we knew we knew they was going to 17 games sooner than later, and they wind up doing that. Of course, you always think about the safety of these athletes when it comes down to football. Back in the day when I played, 17 games would have been too much on the body because the rules have changed. So the rules, the physicality part, the killer head, the body of fall mentality is different these days. Is the game checks getting taken away from you? You get suspended if you hit a guy the wrong way, and you probably only gonna play four or five games max if you would have had the mentality or played how I played in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, right? So I get the seventeen games now. The rules have changed. The hitting target of these players have changed. Suspensions, game checks taken away from you has made it a whole nother dimension. Uh, taking a preseason game makes sense to add one. And I think in a couple more years, they're gonna go 18 and, and just have two preseason games. So, uh, but I, I think the only reason why they could do this or have done this is because the safety part now for, for the NFL players, the targeting, areas now is a little bit different. The consequences now are a little bit greater, you know? So at first I did mind going to 17 games because I was looking at the, the player safety. But now, now that I saw the rule changes and the awareness they have taken for the players having concussions, I can see 17 later on down the line for sure in three years. I can definitely see five years. I can definitely see 18 games. So, yeah, first I did mind it, Marky Mark, but now I don't mind it. So the Steelers will host the Seattle Seahawks whenever that 17th game falls. That can be really anywhere in the schedule. Again, one less preseason game. I'm going to push back a little bit here, Ike. 
the current CBA runs through 2031, which means the NFL can't expand beyond a 17-game regular season until then, unless there's some sort of exemption that comes about, which we'll see how this expansion goes. I will say this. I didn't mind not having a preseason last year. You don't have preseason in college football or high school football. You're ready to go. And like, I understand that that was prompted by the pandemic. And I understand the preseason gives younger players an opportunity and gives them game film that they probably other otherwise wouldn't have. So I understand the importance of the preseason there, but to have four preseason games where you're beating the hell out of your roster to find the last five, maybe 10 players that fit on that 53 man active roster I don't mind it from that standpoint, but it's interesting to hear your player perspective on all of this, on how it pertains to player safety and targeting. That's really what I wanted to ask you about on today's show is what the player perspective is and what your reaction would be in the league's decision to expand to a 17-game regular season. It's the rule change. And the reason why I'm saying 18, possibly, and I get the CBA, but they can always tear that up. They ain't got to you know, stick to that script. Because I'm looking at the even numbers with the teams. So you got 32 teams. Uh, that 17 game, make it kind of odd. You know what I'm saying? You hit the 18, then you got options. Because when you look in the divisions, what, it's four teams in every division? So from a from a mathematical standpoint, that's how I'd be looking at it, Mark and Mark. So I get to push I get to push back on, on what you were saying right there. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just looking at, you know, the owners, they bought their money. And to get some more money, <laughs> if I can get more home games, that's more money in my pocket. That's the, that's how I look at it. So teams will host 10 games overall, either nine regular season games and one preseason game, or eight regular season games and two preseason games. I cannot wait for the fan base that says, oh, we didn't make the playoffs because we're a fringe team and we're not going to do anything once we get there, but we had an away game and it wasn't a home game and that wasn't fair. I know that's going to happen either this upcoming season or future seasons. I can mark it down. That's going to happen. I promise you that it will. No, you know, it will. can't make everybody happy. So them, them kind of topics going to come up just what you said from that perspective sooner than later. It's an excuse in all honesty. It's an excuse. Now, the thing I am excited about AFC North versus NFC West matchup in this 17th game. So Steelers are going to host the Seahawks. The Rams will travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Browns will host the Cardinals and the Bengals will host the 49ers. Ike, I'm on record as saying this. I believe the AFC North is the best division in football. We're going to have a four game sample size in the 2021 season. Buckle up. We'll see if my prediction comes to fruition. I cannot wait to see these divisions match up. Nah, for, for me, I felt like that hot. last year, the AFC North is the toughest division. To have three teams come out of one division and host playoff games, that's pretty damn impressive. You know, to for Miami to go 10-6 and six and not make the playoffs, it's, it's very impressive to see the NFC East and their records host some playoff games. That's not impressive at all. So what it was, six Six and some change got you in the playoffs. <laughs> are you talking about? Six, are you talking about the NFC East? Yeah, NFC East. Six and some <laughs> change got you in the playoffs. Ten and six got your ass looking from the inside out. <laughs> Me from the outside in. Like that's 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 when you know your division is cooking. So uh, yeah, this gonna be interesting this year, man. It's crazy, man. Ten and six. That's crazy. Ten and six. You looking from the outside in. RIP to the seven and nine season. I know that's the famous Jeff Fisher quote is we're not going seven and nine again. That'll be a thing of the past, a thing we can look back on and laugh at about in NFL history. Yeah. Now it'd be seven and 10, right? So you, yeah. you can't go seven and nine. You got to go seven and 10. Yeah. So it's, so damn that, that would have meant, that would have meant last year, 11, 11 and six, 11 and six in the AFC last year from the Miami Dolphins. Would have got you looking from the outside. That's crazy. I'm curious to see how teams react in the preseason because I know typically the third preseason game is usually the game where the starters play for like most of the first half. 
if that transitions to the second preseason game now and just how teams just decide to play the preseason, I think is going to be pretty interesting because you have one less preseason game. Again, trying to whittle down which players fit on that 53 man roster. I am excited to see that. And I will say this from the fans perspective. I know they charge the same amount of money for tickets for a preseason game that they do during the regular season. So I think the fans actually benefit here because you get one more additional regular season game. Man, it's going to be very interesting. I think the coach who has been ahead of the game has been Sean McVay. He hasn't been playing the starters for the preseason. You know what I'm saying? He'll just wait to the first regular season game. And he got a lot of kickback and pushback from it. But as far as, like, a health standpoint, usually all other than Jared Goff last year, usually all his players stay healthy. You know, starting players stay healthy. So that's a good thing. So it's going to be very interesting on, on Sean McVay since he's losing a preseason game I would like to see his adjustments because I think he's been a step ahead on on night letting his starters play in the preseason and the guys they've really looking for the last 10 guys on that roster letting them play and that coaching staff and that front office figure things out you kind of stole the words from my mouth just to see what the forward thinking coaches do with the coaches who have had success in the league how they decide to handle that because we talk about this all the time it's a copycat league in terms of what teams are trying to do from a schematic standpoint, from a strategy standpoint. So it's interesting. Sean McVay is the first coach that you bring up in that discussion, Ike. Yeah, that's because he, he's the first coach that that came into mind. And I remember him not playing his, his starters for the preseason and he got some pushback, but then they wound up making the Super Bowl. It's like, <laughs> dang, you just said it, you you just said it best. Like it's a copycat league. So what? The three games coming the preseason now and add another, you know, full season game. It's I, I just in my mind, off the top of my mind, I want to see what Coach Sean McVay does because I know other coaches are probably going to do the same after he do it. New quarterback with Matthew Stafford for the Rams too to see you know new signal caller under center Jared Goff now in Detroit too. So that's interesting there. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is also brought to you by our newest sponsor, eBay. And I I love this because a lot of times you go to the store, you're looking for a pair of sneakers. You like a certain style, but they don't have your size. You can go to eBay and find the pair that you really want and you can get it in your size pretty much in no time. The eBay marketplace is the place to go if you want to be able to purchase a new pair of sneakers. Man, the good thing I like about this eBay is, Mark, you can buy or you can sell with these sneakers on eBay. So if you if you want to swap out or trade some sneakers and not really come out your pocket, you can go to eBay. If you just want to buy because you don't feel like dealing with these crowds during the pandemic, you can go to eBay. Or if you just got some cool shoes just sitting around that you might think are vintage or classic and you want to sell them, you can go to eBay. So I'm loving this eBay sneaker thing going on right now. Yeah, send the 10 and a half my way. Ike, what size are you? I'm 11 and a half. Okay, so send the 11 and a half Ike way. I'll take the 10 and a half. Those won't fit Ike. <laughs> and we'll both be set there. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Ike, we'll move on to your top receivers in the 2021 NFL draft. But before we get to your number one receiver in the NFL draft, I want to put this important caveat in. I don't know if we're going to rank the top tight ends, but I'm putting Kyle Pitts as my number one in this category. Six foot six, nearly 245 pounds, ran an unofficial 4-4-4 in his 40 at the University of Florida. I can't recall a pick, at least off the top of my head, who I've been more sure of going into a draft. I think whichever team drafts Kyle Pitts is getting an absolute beast, a playmaker, the size and speed from the tight end position, a guy you could probably flank out wide, a guy who can block defensive ends, linebackers off the edge. I can't recall anyone I've been more sure of headed into the draft. He is my number one. If we're not going to rank the top tight ends, he's my number one in this category with that caveat. So I want to start the discussion there. Okay, so I'm definitely doing tight ends as well. Okay, okay. But, but, since, but since we're talking about Kyle Pitts, I'll put Kyle Pitts as my number one wide receiver. Honorary. Honorary number one wide receiver. I've seen Kyle Pitts too many times, and we both live in the state of Florida, so we get a chance to see Florida play all the time. I've seen him too many times as a tight end lined up as an X or a Z. 
And I seen him too many times handle a cornerback. I seen him too many times handle a safety. I seen him too many times get bracketed. So, so this this Kyle Pitts is the real deal. For Kyle Pitts, he would have to go to a offensive coordinator who really know how to use him. I was talking to my homeboys in the group text. I'm not asking Kyle Pitts to block. That's what I'm not asking him to do. He's too much of a threat. So usually where he's going to be lined up at is in the inside. And we're talking about linebackers and safeties. So that's going to be the ultimate mismatch for my guy, Kyle Pitts. I'm going to create space. I ask him to create space and, and, and give the inside of them hashes hell, whoever we're checking them. Now, as a defensive coordinator, here's the mismatch part. So when you see Kyle Pitts, do you go nickel package? Do you take a, a linebacker out? Now, if, if, if I see you taking a linebacker out, now I'm going to start running the ball. Then I'm going to ask Kyle Pitts to block. But his blocking going to be linebackers, not defensive ends, or slot guys, which are small, small corners in the inside. So it's, it's a mind thing. And I'm glad you said it because that just made me just think on the offense and defensive side of a guy like Kyle Pitts of that cal- caliber, I wouldn't really ask him. They don't really ask Travis Kelsey to block. The only tight end who's really truly blocking is Kittles. Kittles probably is the best all around when it comes down to routes, catching, and blocking. Kittles is, is that guy. When it comes down to receptions, Travis Kelsey is that guy. But you got to understand who Travis has around him. Travis got three burners, Hardman, Tyreek Hill, and Sammy Watkins at the time. He had three burners that he's going to – they're going to take four guys with him. So now he's one-on-one with whoever in open space. So for me, Cal Pitts is, for me, the honorary number one receiver in this draft. I want to go back to something you said about him. I know what you mean by this, but explain to the listeners of the Believing Steelers podcast what you mean by when you say defenses will bracket Kyle Pitts. Double. So you'll have a, you'll have a linebacker sitting low on him, then you'll have a safety sitting high on him. Depending on the formation, you'll have a linebacker sitting low on him, or you'll have a corner sitting high on him, or you'll have a corner sitting low on him, meaning he's going to take anything underneath, and you'll have that safety sitting high on him for the deep ball. So when I say bracket, that's what I mean by bracket. Or you can bracket a linebacker in a in a corner, which linebackers, hey, if Kyle Pitts goes to the inside, linebacker, I got him. If Kyle Pitts runs to the outside corner, I got him. So when I say bracket, that's what I mean by bracket. When I say nickel packages, that means you're taking one linebacker out, you're bringing an extra cornerback in. So I'd imagine that there aren't that many tight ends that you would bracket in the NFL, only a handful though, right? Kittles, Travis Kelsey, and coming up would be Kyle Pitts. There you go. (laughs) There, There you go. So Kyle Pitts... Number one on both of our boards with the caveat of we'll, we'll break down tight ends as well. Yes. In terms of pure receiver, who do you have is, I guess, either your top or 1B, your number two receiver behind Pitts. Who, who is that receiver? Man, he ain't even played last year, and he, and he about to probably get drafted no more receiver. And that's Jamar Chase. You know, if you just – and we, we call this we call this com, we call this combat catching. And combat catching is, man, you still can be sticky on your coverage on me, but I'm still going to catch the ball. And that's all Jamal Chase did over the course of his career at LSU. And if you looked at them bowl games, he really showed out. Him and Justin Jefferson, they really showed out in the bowl games. But for me, it's his size, it's his speed, it's his coming out the breaks, it's his he can line inside up, he can line outside is what he does when he has the ball. And he's more of a strong runner than what you think he is. His hand-eye coordination is crazy, you know, but when and he's been going up against NFL cornerbacks and safeties off of these teams we've been playing, and he's been giving them the blues. <laughs> the blues, no R&B. <laughs> he's been giving them the blues. So when you look at a Jamar Chase and you look at him sit out a year and these NFL scouts and these GMs and these head coaches, still got him number one coming off the board, you're like, man, this dude is really, really talented. man. And, and I really don't like stars when I, when I say coming out of high school, a five-star guy, but 
But he's, he was a five-star coming out of high school. He wound up playing like a five-star at LSU. And he's going to be a top five pick, I think, in this draft. I'm so happy you picked him as, we'll say your top receiver, because Pitts is kind of the caveat. Right. But opting out of the 2020 season, like you said, and I look at the stat line, 84 catches, 1,780 yards in 20 scores. So you're meaning he's scoring almost one in every four times that he touches the ball, let alone remember. And I brought this up the other week when we were talking about our top offensive linemen in the draft. And I was talking about Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma state, having a 2000 yard season. When you look at stat lines and productions with this, you have to keep in mind that the college season is shorter than that of the NFL. So in a thousand yard too close to 2000 yards receiving for Jamar chase, they played 15 games during that historic run in the 2019 season with LSU. So just the production alone, like I look at it like this, Ike, I thought that Jamar chase was better than Justin Jefferson. And we saw what Justin Jefferson did in his rookie season for the Minnesota so, Vikings. Right. Right. That's how I see that. Right. So that's, but he has to go to an offensive coordinator that know what he's doing. That's that's the only thing. Like, a lot of times these guys, we consider them as busts, but you got to look at the OC and be like, is the OC using them right? Do the OC really know what he's doing? And coming from Justin Jefferson, he got a running back that's going to demand some respect in that backfield. So that play action in Minnesota, that play action passes, when you got linebackers and, and safety sucking up because, man, they're getting tired of Dalvin Cook keep breaking these long-ass runs, man, that play-action passes. Now, we really one-on-one with the cornerback. And Justin Jefferson, as a rookie, I don't care what corner he was, he was giving these corners hell. So, we'll say Jamar Chase is your number one. Again, Pitts is the caveat. Who is your number two receiver in the 2021 draft? Oh, I bet you you can't guess him. (laughs) Darren T, you can't guess him. I've got my list here in front of me. I lay it on me. Rashad Bateman. Minnesota. Yeah. Can I guess why you picked him? Can I can I start? Talk to him. So I was looking through the list and I was going through, it's like, oh, this SEC receiver, this SEC receiver. I know Rondell Moore out of Purdue is up there. Of all of the top receivers, he is a cold weather receiver, which you always tell me the importance about cold weather receivers and the success that they tend to have in the league. So that's where uh, of all the top receivers in this draft, he was one of the only ones who's played in cold weather consistently. No, I didn't look at it like that, but I'm glad you said that. So you just, you just hit a light bulb in my head. So Rashad Bateman, the reason why I got him at number two is I think he probably had the strongest pure hands. Pure hands, the strongest pure hands. He's a third down king. So every time the quarterback got in a situation, they went to Rashad on third down. Now we're talking about guys who's getting bracketed. He was one of those guys at Minnesota because he was a top player on that team getting bracket all the time. And what Rashad did, he made plays all the time, 6'2", I think they said Rashad ran a 4-4 for his 40, but he's one of these receivers. He's Justin Jefferson, but bigger. He's Justin Jefferson with stronger hands. He's Justin Jefferson that can play the X, the Z, and the slot. That's Rashad Bateman right now. So what I liked about Rashad, when I saw the tape, when I was watching the tape, I said, this is Jamar Chase at LSU. That's all I said to myself. Man, this is Jamar Chase at LSU. So, and we saw what Jamar Chase did at LSU. It's just, you know, Rashad Bateman didn't get the recognition because of Minnesota. But if you ask anybody in the NFL who's looking at some of the top receivers, they're going to say Rashad overall. They wishing he slipped so they can say he they got a steal. That's how they thinking when they talk about Rashad. Man, I hope these teams slip and don't pick this young man up because when we get him, we know he's going to be we we know he's going to be a steal. So, Rashad Bateman for me was an easy, easy two pick, number two pick for me for this wide receiver position. 
size and the speed and has better size than a lot of the receivers we're going to discuss on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Ike, who do you have at number three? Cosmic Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. You know, and they talk about his size, Mark. His slim frame. And me and you got an opportunity to talk a little bit. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at Randy Moss. Randy Moss had a slim frame. I'm looking at the Philadelphia who got drafted by Philly, Deshaun Jackson back in the day. Slim frame. He's still playing. Even just look at the Devontae in Pittsburgh. Devontae Small, he got a slim, slim frame. So I'm looking at all these. I'm looking at all these slim frame guys, and don't don't get me twisted. The man got hit a few times. He lined up. He went across the middle a few times. But yeah, you got to find somebody who really know how to use it. But one thing about Devontae Smith is, you know, he's gonna take the top off. You got to respect his speed. And the crazy thing about it is, he get in and out of his breaks better than anybody. So you're gonna play him off coverage. He's gonna wind up catching a slant, a five yard hitch, and make it a seventy yard play. If you go bump a run, he's going to wind up throwing his hands up like a Randy Moss and burn you for a touchdown. So, yeah, I'm going, I'm going, with, the, I'm going with the progression of Devontae Smith. Um, Waddle got hurt. It's been a blessing in disguise because you had Jerry Judy, you had Ruggs, you had Waddle, and now we're talking Devontae. So we possibly, from the, from the Alabama wide receiver core of the last three years now, four first-round receivers which is about to be crazy. But when I look at Devontae, man, it's just, when you hear his story, it just makes sense. So when I know when I'm getting Devontae, I know I'm getting a, a true professional. Because when you when you talk about Devontae and his stories, it's him graduating a couple of semesters earlier. It's him giving back to some of his professors because they helped him along the way. It's him when his professors talk about him, how good of a kid he is. And when I hear all this as a general manager, as a head coach, I'm like, I ain't got to worry about nothing in the off, off field for this guy, Devontae. Mm-hmm. He just so happened to possibly be a Hall of Fame kid. So it's easy for me. It's not only a safe pick, it's probably one of the best picks. But for him, I got the, I got Devontae. And we've seen what he did over the bowl games. I got Devontae at number three. And the reason why I got Devontae at number three, the reason why I went Bateman and Chase before him, was one because of the body size. You know, I can play these guys inside and out, and I'm not going to be stupid and try to ask this man to run across the middle, or run across traffic, you know, four or five times out the game because of his frame. But as um, far as, like, talent and hands, I know when I put the ball in his hands, it's a touchdown easy if that cornerback or that safety don't make this tackle. And if they come up and press, he can also burn them. So that's, that's how I look at it. You mentioned his character I know during the season he had delivered a handwritten note to one of his professors that helped him along the way. And I think he got one of those professors like sideline passes to one of the Alabama Crimson Tide football games. Right. And I know that like, okay, well, you know, what does a character have to do with his ability to play football? You bring that into a locker room, the importance of that. Like I, both of my parents were teachers. And so when they would get just small gestures like that, it means the world to people who can help one another. So I think that speaks volumes about his character and then his ability on the football field. The stat I found only five drops on 189 catchable passes. He's as shorthanded as they come had a historic season, one of the best we've seen at the wide receiver position in the history of college football. I think the weight is the only thing. And if he puts on, I mean, I would want to see him bulk up a little bit. He's 170, 175 right now. Get into that 180, maybe close to 190 range. But other than that, I don't think you have anything to worry about. And that will develop over time as he gets older and older and fills out a little bit more. So it might be one of those things where early on he might struggle, but He's one of those people who will figure it out. I've heard tidbits about him where he was great at dissecting what defenses uh, an opposing defense would be playing to where a lot of times you'll run an option route and he knows exactly where to go and how to break a defense down. So I think he's smart enough. I think he has high enough character to where he'll be able to figure it out and have success at the NFL level. I mean, he's a film junkie. He like watching film. So when you're that good and you're a film junkie, that's just going to make you great. And when you bring that from college to the NFL, that's, that's the only thing that separates really people apart. Consistent film junkies. That's what 
Devontae Smith is. He's a consistent film junkie. He just so happened to be, or at the time, one of the best in the world at the wide receiver position, let alone one of the best college players. Um, don't forget, he also played punt return as well. And when he and when he did punt return, all he did was take it to the house, strike up the band if he wants to. <laughs> so that's 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 what Devontae just brings to the table. So Devontae Smith as your number three receiver. Do you have his teammate Jalen Waddle at four, Ike? I got a teammate, Jalen Waddle at number four. Jalen Waddle is Tyreek Hill cousin. They just, <laughs> they're just the same. They got the same kind of body. Um, they, they got the same kind of speed. They got the same kind of explosiveness. And you need to know where these guys are at at all times on the field. Jalen Waddle makes him special like a Tyreek Hill because he's just not a straight line guy. You know, he can get it in and out of the breaks. He can turn the wide receiver screen from the line of scrimmage into an 80-yard game. That's just him. He can turn the crossing route to a big 40-yard game. That's just him. Now, Jalen Waddle has been doing this with, you know, a Jerry Jr. in front of him or a, a Ruggs the third in front of him. So he's been doing this for a minute. He's been asking – or he's been demanding attention when he was the pup. So when he became the big dog, even though he got hurt, he still demanded attention. I mean, for him to play in a bowl game, and we thought that he shouldn't as fans or as, as some GMs or head coaches, for him just to have that kind of respect, even off that one play, you saw his little burst, the little crossing route. Like, dang, Jalen, you still got it. So what, what, what he demands, now as far as like route running, you just going to have to give the ball to Jalen in open space. You know what I'm saying? As far as like route running, that's something he's just going to have to develop. Just like a Tyreek, uh, Tyreek had developed some route running skills. But you know what? Coach Andy Reid, there was like, you know what? Let's just get the ball to him in space. You know, so you give the ball to him in space, it's a wrap. He's the same way, Marky Mark. You just, you just going to have to find a way to give the ball to him in space and let him do what he do. You stole my thunder a little bit because I thought it also spoke volumes to his character. There's really no upside for him to play in the national title game other than wanting to help out his brothers and his teammates. So you go from there. Yeah, so I got, a, I got him at number four. So the number five slot, Ike, as we start to wrap up your top five receivers in the 2021 NFL drafts, who you got at number five? Elijah Moore coming from Ole Miss. Okay. Okay. So he, he wasn't, he wasn't the undersized guy. I thought you were going to go with, I thought you were going to go with either Rondell Moore from Purdue or Kadarius Tony from Florida, but why Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss? We're going to talk about Rondell Moore. He's my sleeper. Hold on. I got something. Okay. 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 We're going to, we're going to stick, we're going to stick to Elijah Moore. The reason why I like Elijah Moore, he's probably the best route runner out of the top five. He's probably the best route runner. For him, he gonna line up. He gonna line up in the slot. He gonna line up in the slot ASAP in the lead, and he's gonna start from day one in the slot in the lead. He's gonna get open from day one, line up in the slot in the lead. He's your West Walker right now, but could be your Steve Smith Senior possibly in a couple of years. So that's when when I when I say this about Elijah Moore, just look at him now. He's the West Walker now. At West Walker at his best, he can possibly be a Steve Smith senior at the course of his career. He's not really a big guy, but he's very explosive, got strong hands, and probably is the best route runner. So if I got a guy who's not that tall, where do I want him at? I need him in the slot because I know in these third downs or these crucial situations, he's going to find a way to get open. And he has the explosiveness. He, he, he's another one that ran a 4 3 for his uh for his pro day. And they said so far out of all the receivers, you know, Elijah Moore, when it came down to these scouts, probably had the most electrifying pro days that anybody can watch. He was just too fluid. And what I what I mean by fluent, what I mean by getting out to the breaks is really sinking your hips and getting your head around and making everything look easy. And he he just He's just a natural, smooth, you know, you know how we talk about it. When we talk about somebody, man, and you just be like, you know what? That, that dude right there is just smooth. He walks smooth. He talks smooth. He acts smooth. Like, he ain't trying to do it. That's just his personality. This is Elijah Moore. 
Elijah Moore, he he walks smooth, he talks smooth, got a smooth ass smile, and he can just get in and out of his breaks as smooth as you want him to. You know, so for me, I look at him, I look at I compare him to OBJ, but not on the outside yet. I think the inside for the slot will work perfect for Elijah Moore. Then you can start sliding him on the outside and see what he does from there. But I think from day one at that slot position. When you want to go sell packages, go ahead and put Elijah Moore in that thing right there, baby. So I, I don't want to shortchange Rondell Moore, another player who's a little bit slight of stature. Both players listed at five foot nine. You said Rondell Moore is kind of your sleeper in this draft. He's left out of your top five, Ike, but what do you see in Rondell Moore at the receiver position? Rondell Moore for me is Maurice Jones Drew at their running back position, build-wise, because he's one of the strongest on Purdue, and when you pop in the tape, he's a strong runner. So even though he's short in statue, he has the speed and the strength and the size, not in height, but the build of his body to do whatever you want him to do. And if you just look at you popping the tape on him, it's breaking tackles after tackles after tackles after tackles. So when I saw him, I said, damn, this MJD, but this Maurice Jones Drew at the wide receiver position, not the running back position. But then you kept watching tape. You watch some reverses. You watch some sweeps. You watch some noun passes. And the later you got on throughout this season for Purdue, you saw him stop, start lining up at the slot, catching slants, taking it to the house. You saw some hitches, taking it to some house. You saw some goals where people were sleeping on this, people were sleeping on the speed, and he wound up catching some deep balls to the house. So for me, it was Rondo, Rondo Moore. When I saw him, I'm like, man, this Maurice Jean-Jew, but this Maurice Jean-Jew at the wide receiver position, this dude is strong as an ox. Then when you just keep reading on what he does in the weight room, you're like, okay, this really is Maurice Jones-Drew because he's he's one of the strongest when it comes down to legs and, and squatting. He's squatting with the offense to defense alignment. So he's one of he's one of the strongest guys on the team. So for me, man, it, it, I say whoever gets him, they just getting a football player. We can talk about height. We can talk about size. We can talk about whatever position you want to talk about and the prototypical size on what they want at that position. Rondell Moore is not your prototypical size looking receiver. I guarantee, I guarantee you Rondell Moore will play bigger than any one of these receivers I'm talking about because that's just – he got that mighty Mike mentality, and that's him. So, yeah, when I saw Rondell Moore, because I looked at like 15, I looked at 15 receivers. But when I saw him, to be honest with you, he, he, just, he just stuck out. He stuck I, out to me. I've got to show some love to Kadarius Toney as well. I don't know if he'll amount to much in the NFL, but he was certainly a playmaker for the Florida Gators when both him and Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask, the quarterback, found both of those players in space many, many times. And they were a fun offense to watch. They light up the scoreboard and, you know, you, like you say, I strike up the band. They did that quite a bit for the Florida Gators. So I think he's in that mix too, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the receiver position because every draft we have our rankings, other people do their mock drafts, what have you. And I remember rugs went higher last year than many thought that he would. And he actually went before Jerry Judy in the 2020 draft. So I'm always interested to see how teams evaluate the strengths and weaknesses that each of the receivers bring. Ike, you always kind of compare them to different cars and everything. That's always interesting for me to see because they bring different skill sets to the table. For me, Rondell, Rondell Moore, and he's my sleeper. He can be an F-150 one day, and the next day he can be a – uh, Audi R8. That's that's and it's 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 hard it's hard to be two people or two cars in one or SUV or a car like this. People, y'all need to look at Rondell more. Start watching more tape, and you're gonna see why he's one of my number one sleepers. Now he probably go mid second round, probably early third. That's how they're gonna value him. But when I say you getting a gym, when you getting a sleeper at Rondell Moore coming from Purdue, they got a sleeper. Let's recap your top five. So we both have Kyle Pitts at the very top, kind of an exception to the rule. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So then number one, you've got Jamar Chase out of LSU. Number two, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Your number three receiver, you've got Devontae Smith out of Alabama. His teammate, Jalen Waddell at number four. You've got Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss at five. And then you've got your sleeper pick, Rondell Moore, the receiver out of Purdue, is your sleeper pick. So there, yes, there is sir. a top five and really seven players that we named provide some insight at the receiver position for the listeners of the Believe in Steelers podcast ahead of the 2021 NFL draft. Yes, sir. Ike, as we start to wrap up today's show, I want to give a quick shout out to my high school. I want to show some love to Naperville North head coach, Sean Drendel. This is in Naperville, Illinois, western suburb of Chicago. They got their spring football season underway because they weren't allowed to play in the fall, but they've actually had to put their season on pause. A team that they played in the opening week of the spring had positive COVID-19 tests. So they're on a 14 day quarantine before they're allowed to play again. So hopefully they can get through it. And at least the senior players where this is their one shot to play at a varsity level. Uh, I'm thinking about them, but I, I wish them all the best and hopefully they can get back on the field in a safe manner as soon as possible. But I want to give them a quick shout out before signing off today. Okay. Okay. Well, shout out, man. Shout out to coach and company, man. Hopefully they get through this quarantine, get back to football. Cause I know up, up North, that's a different kind of football, man. Golly, that Midwest, that's a different kind of football, man. That weather kind of different up there. So yeah, shout out to the boys holding it down. And we still in April, you know, and it's still got dang 14 degrees. <laughs> Y'all need to move down to Florida. (laughs) Ike, you're my guy. This is always a highlight of the week for me. You're the absolute best. I want to give a shout out to the folks over at the Believe in Steelers podcast for the show sponsors, Bet Online, eBay, and Sunday Scaries. And then to you, the listeners as well. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Leave us five-star reviews. We're in April now, Ike. It's nice to say that later this month. We'll have the NFL draft as we inch closer and closer. Which position group do you want to do next week? Tight ends? Let's do tight ends and defensive ends. Okay, so finally moving to the defensive side of the football, which I know you're going to be excited for. I'm, I'm excited. We've talked enough offense. I'm excited to move to the defensive side of the football. So we'll have that for you on next week's episode. If you want to listen to our top position groups, offensive line, running back, quarterback position go back and listen to our previous episodes ike provides terrific insight on the players the top five of each of those position groups so encourage the listeners to go back and listen to our previous episodes of the believe in steelers podcast man i want to give a shout out to my dog marky mark gotta give a shout out to the believe podcast gotta give a shout out to bet online who've been rocking with us since day one gotta give a shout out to ebay gotta give a shout out to sunday scaries i appreciate all the support Make sure y'all five-star us, please, and rate and review and talk to us, ask us questions, give us something more to talk about. We like talking to the fans and the viewers 24-7. want to thank everybody for listening, tuning in. There's more to come. We are growing. So keep tuning in to Ike Taylor, Mark and Mark on the Believe in Steelers podcast. Um, not only we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, as you can see, we talk about football in general. So stay tuned. Keep listening. And we appreciate y'all's support. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.